0: 1 Kings chapter 4, and beginning with verse 1. King Solomon was king over all Israel, and these were his high officials. Azariah, the son of Zadok, was the priest. Elihoreph and Ahijah, the sons of Shisha, were secretaries. Jehoshaphat, the son of Ahilud was recorder. Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, was in command of the army. Zadok and Abiathar were priests. Azariah, the son of Nathan, was over the officers. Zabed the son of Nathan, was priest and king's friend. Aesher was in charge of the palace. And Adoniram, the son of Abadah, was in charge of the forced labor. Solomon had 12 officers over all Israel who provided food for the king and his household, each man had to make provision for one month in the year. Now, skip down to verse 20. Judah and Israel were as many as the sand by the sea. They ate and drank and were happy. Solomon ruled over all the kingdoms from the Euphrates to the land of the Philistines and to the border of Egypt. They brought tribute and served Solomon all the days of his life. Solomon's provision for one day was 30 cores of fine flour and 60 cores of meal, 10 fat oxen and 20 pasture-fed cattle, 100 sheep besides deer, gazelles, roebucks, and fattened fowl. For he had dominion over all region west of the Euphrates, from Tephthah to Gaza, over all the kings west of the Euphrates, and he had peace on all sides around him. And Judah and Israel lived in safety, from Dan even to Bersheba, every man under his vine and under his fig tree all the days of Solomon. Solomon also had 40,000 stalls of horses for his chariots and 12,000 horsemen. And those officers supplied provisions for King Solomon and for all who came to King Solomon's table, each one in his month. They let nothing be lacking. Barley also and straw for the horses and swift steeds they brought to the place where it was required, each according to his duty. And God gave Solomon wisdom and understanding beyond measure and breadth of mind like sand on the seashore so that Solomon's wisdom surpassed the wisdom of all the people of the east, and all the wisdom of Egypt. For he was wiser than all other men, wiser than Ethan, the Ezrathite, and Haman, Calchul, and Darda, the sons of Mahal, and his fame was in all the surrounding nations. He also spoke 3,000 proverbs, and his songs were 1,005. He spoke of trees from the cedar that is in Lebanon to the hyssop that grows out of the wall, He spoke also of beasts and of birds and of reptiles and of fish. And people of all nations came to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And from all the kings of the earth who had heard of his wisdom. And may God add his richest blessing to the reading of this portion of his holy word. Will you pray with me, please? Again, our Father, we are thankful for your word. And we pray that by the power of your spirit that you would come and speak your word to us now that we would hear the voice of our Lord Jesus Christ in our hearts and that we would see him high and lifted up, that we would be drawn to him, that we would hear him, that we would follow him and offer our hearts to him promptly and sincerely in spite of the inability and sin of the preacher. In Jesus' name, amen. Be seated, please. the great Solomon and the greater than Solomon. Herbert Hoover's name may well have meant no more to us than some of those other presidents who are simply names in a list. Names like Benjamin Harrison or Millard Fillmore. We associate little with them in our memory. Except for the fact that the stock market crashed in the first year of his presidency. And the name Herbert Hoover will forever be associated with the Great Depression. I suppose... Solomon achieved every leader's wildest dream, whether king or president or even a dictator. His name, his reign, his administration, as it were, is forever associated with peace, Prosperity and tremendous abundance. And this passage before us highlights the greatness of Solomon. Greatness that was rooted in his wisdom. You remember in the previous passage, in the previous message that the Lord told Solomon, ask for what you will, and he asked the Lord for wisdom. And the Lord answered his prayer. And we see in this passage that the Lord made Solomon wise and that wisdom the Lord gave him made him great. And so as we study this passage together in these moments, we will see the great Solomon. But more than that, we will be driven to see the greater than Solomon. Let's look at it together. First, in this passage, we see wisdom in human resources. Wisdom in human resources. Now, verses 1 to 19 is a long list of names. We've read many such lists, working through uh, Samuel and now uh, Kings, Verse 2 tells us that these were his high officials, and it lists them. And then verse 7 discusses 12 officers over uh, all Israel who provided food for the king and his household, uh, one each month, and then it lists uh, them. Uh, This is, as it were, Solomon's uh, cabinet, his Officers, how he had his administration structured with respect to the 12 tribes and the regions of Israel and Judah. It may just seem like a long list of unpronounceable names, which it is, <laughs> but it's more than that. This 19 verse list is in the middle of a sandwich. It's sandwiched between chapter 3 verse 28 that that the summary of that passage, look at it, 328. And all Israel heard of the judgment that the king had rendered, and they stood in awe of the king because they perceived that the wisdom of God was in him to do justice. So the whole nation of Israel is in awe of Solomon's wisdom. Now let's look at the other end of that sandwich. Look at the end of chapter 4, verse 34. And people of all nations came to hear the wisdom of Solomon and from all the kings of the earth who had heard of his wisdom. So you see this passage, this list of names is between these statements, one that All of his own nation marveled at his wisdom and then people from other nations marveled at his wisdom and came to hear it. These bookends, to change and mix up the metaphor, these bookends signal that the theme of this entire passage, including this list of names, is wisdom. So, the point here is that Solomon was wise in the people that he appointed. In other words, he was wise enough to put the right people in the right positions. This has been a downfall of many executives in business, in government, in sports. They may have been good at many aspects of their work, but they did not have an eye for putting the right person in the right position. Even David, at least as I read it, made a couple of mistakes in making political appointments to command his army. How many administrations in our own nation have uh, been crippled because of scandals associated with people appointed into high ranking positions? This has been the downfall of many executives. But King Solomon was wise even in this crucial detail of leadership. He put the right people in the right position. Solomon was wise in what we today would call Human resource management. Wisdom in human resources. Second, in this passage, we see wisdom in the covenant. Wisdom in the covenant. Look at verse 20. Judah and Israel were as many as the sand by the sea, They ate and drank and were happy. Solomon ruled over all the kingdoms from the Euphrates to the land of the Philistines and to the border of Egypt. They brought tribute and served Solomon all the days of his life. Now, where it says in verse 20 that Judah and Israel were as many as the sand by the sea, we've seen this before. That is a reference to the covenant promise God made with Abraham that a great nation would come from him and that his, uh, this nation would be as many as the sands by the sea. These are God's covenant people. The Lord is fulfilling his promise to Abraham. He has made them a great people, as many as the sand by the sea. And we read that not only are they numerous... But they ate, drank, and were happy. Now, we know the uh, Apostle Paul famously quotes a a pagan poet of his day that says, eat, drink, and be merry, tomorrow we die. And says... uh, Basically, if Jesus did not rise from the dead, uh, the pagans have it better than we do. They at least got enough sense to eat, drink, and be merry. But here, eat, drink, and be merry is a positive reality. It shows that the people in the covenant, in that relationship with God, are experiencing the blessings he promised to pour out, rain down on his people in that covenant relationship. And we know under the law, the book of Deuteronomy said that in that covenant, their people could be blessed. They could also come under Curse. but they are now experiencing the blessing of the covenant because Solomon, at least to this point, is faithfully carrying out what his father David had charged him with his dying breath. Be faithful to walk in the statutes in the law, in the word of God. Be faithful in that covenant, in that relationship God has established with us as his people. And God had promised his people that they would remain under his blessing if they would be faithful. And here we read that they were because of the faithful leadership of King Solomon. He set the tone of faithfulness. Now these verses 22 to 28 detail that prosperity. Let's look over some of it. Verse uh, 24 for he had dominion over all the region west of the Euphrates, from tips of the Gaza over all the kings west of the Euphrates, and he had peace on all sides around him, and Judah and Israel lived in safety from Dan even to worship every man under his vine and under his fig tree all the days of Solomon. I was the largest Geographic space that the kingdom ever occupied, and they had peace on all sides. In you know, verse uh, 21, gives us the, the overview that Solomon ruled over all the kingdoms from the Euphrates down to Egypt, from what we would think of today as as Iraq down to Egypt, all along the Mediterranean coast. Solomon had dominion. And you see the, the picture in verse 25 of every man under his vine and every man under his fig. Again, it's a, that's an image of prosperity and peace. Every man can afford it and every man can sit down under it because he doesn't have to go off to war. We read of the military in verses Uh, 26 to 28, though it was a time of peace on all sides. They were ready. They were under the blessing of God. The nation was under his blessing because Solomon had wisdom for living faithfully in covenant with God. So we see wisdom in human resources, wisdom in the covenant, and thirdly and finally, and for lack of a more sophisticated way of saying it, we see wisdom in everything. Wisdom in everything. Look at verse 29. And God gave, wisdom, gave Solomon wisdom and understanding beyond measure and breadth of mind like the sand on the seashore so that Solomon's wisdom surpassed the wisdom of all the people of the east and all the wisdom of Egypt for he was wiser than all other men, wiser than Ether the Israelite and Heman, Calchul and Darda the sons of Mahal, and his fame was in all the surrounding nations He also spoke 3,000 proverbs and his songs were 1,005. He spoke of trees from the cedar that is in Lebanon to the hyssop that grows out of the wall. He spoke also of beasts and of birds and of reptiles and of fish. And people of all nations came to hear the wisdom of Solomon and from all the kings of the earth who had heard of his wisdom. We see in these Five verses, six verses here. In verses twenty-nine to thirty-one, that Solomon was the wisest man of all the earth in his day. He was the wisest of all. We see in uh, verses verse uh, thirty-two that he spoke. Three thousand Proverbs wrote a thousand and five Psalms. They recorded his wisdom. We read in verse 33 that he was wise in biology. He was wise in horticulture. He knew trees. He knew beasts, birds, reptiles, and fish. This man had wisdom in everything. And the last word is that people from all over the world came to hear the wisdom of Solomon. Reminds me of an old story. I'm sure it's it's apocryphal. And you may have heard it, but as the story goes, long ago, about 1800, a man was staying at an inn and he left his room and went to eat and struck up a conversation with another man in that inn and he was talked about many subjects man was a great conversationalist and at length this fellow he was talking to went off to his room to spend the night and another man asked him who was that fellow you were talking to do you know who that man was you were talking to he said no he said it was funny you say that he said we uh, talked about uh, agriculture at first, and, and I was sure he was a farmer. And then we conversation turned to music and I was sure he was a composer or some kind of musician. And then we talked about building and I was sure the man must be a carpenter. And then we talked about literature and I was sure the man must be a writer. And we talked about illness and I thought the man must be a doctor. I've never talked to a man like that. And the other man said, didn't you know that was Thomas Jefferson? It's a pale illustration of the wisdom of Solomon in every area. He was a great man and a great king because he was a wise king because the Lord gave him wisdom. But this passage is about more than the greatness of Solomon. Look again at verse 24. For he had dominion over all the region west of the Euphrates, from the tips to Gaza, over all the kings west of the Euphrates, and he had peace on all sides around him, and Judah and Israel lived in safety from Dan even to Beersheba. Note that expression, Every man under his vine and under his fig tree all the days of Solomon. Now keep that in mind and turn to the book of Micah, minor prophet of Micah, and look at Micah chapter 4. That's near the end of the Old Testament. It's right after Jonah. Jonah and then Micah chapter 4. With Prophet Micah, here gives a prophecy of the Messiah who was to come. Micah chapter 4, verse 1 It shall come to pass in the latter days. That the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established at the highest of the mountains; it shall be lifted up above the hills, and people shall flow to it. And many nations shall come and say, "Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways, and that we may walk in his paths." For out of Zion shall go forth the law, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between many peoples, and he shall decide for strong nations far away, and they. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore, but they shall sit every man under his vine and under his fig tree, and no one shall make them afraid, for the mouth of the Lord of hosts has spoken. For all the peoples walk each in the name of its God, but we will walk in the name of the Lord our God forever and ever. This is a prophecy of the Messiah, Jesus Christ, who was to come and he says to give an image of the peace he will bring in his final kingdom. That they will beat their sores into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks and then he says every man shall sit under his vine and under his fig tree. In other words this is telling us that the peace and prosperity during the reign of Solomon was a type. It was a picture. It was a preview of coming attractions. It was a preview of the final kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ the best comment I read on this passage was a note in a study bible that I like to use it's called the uh, Reformation Heritage Study Bible I'm going to read you this little comment this devotional comment says the glories and expanse of Solomon's kingdom serve as a beautiful picture or type of Christ in his kingdom. As great as Solomon was, he pales before Christ, who is greater. Solomon received wisdom from God, but Christ is himself the wisdom of God. The borders of Israel were expansive under Solomon's administration, but the kingdom of Christ is without borders, including subjects from every nation and people on the planet. Solomon had to build up a military, but Christ rules with an irresistible rod of iron against all his enemies and has people who are irresistibly made willing in the day of his power. Solomon ruled over a kingdom at peace in which all his subjects had what was necessary for a contented life. How much more do those citizens in Christ's kingdom enjoy a peace that surpasses all Understanding. Verse 24 says that he had dominion over all the region west of the Euphrates from Tifsa to Gaza. But you remember. In Psalm 72, David prayed for his son. May he have dominion from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. May all kings fall down before him. All nations serve him. Solomon was a picture of what David prayed for his son. But he was not the fulfillment of it. That is only fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Christ shall have dominion over land and sea, earth's remotest regions shall his empire be. Now, what do we do with this? I got a verse on the front of your bulletin. Matthew 12 42. Matthew 12. Jesus was telling the people around him that they were in a very dangerous position. He told them that the 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 bad people in Nineveh repented when Jonah came and preached to them. And he was greater than Jonah, but they weren't listening to Jesus. And then he said, the queen of the south will rise at the judgment with this generation and condemn it. For she came from the ends of the earth to listen to Solomon's wisdom and now one greater than Solomon is here. They came from the ends of the earth to come and hear the wisdom of Solomon. But one greater than Solomon was there. And they paid him no mind. He said that the queen of the south who came to hear Solomon's wisdom would rise up and condemn them on the day of judgment. And if you will not hear Jesus Christ, and you will not receive Jesus Christ, and surrender and enter the kingdom of Jesus Christ, these people will rise up and testify against you in the last day. We went to hear Solomon, but you had one greater than Solomon. He offers eternal peace, peace that he made by the blood of the cross in his kingdom to all his people. That's his kingdom. That's his offer. It's on the table. They came from all over the world to hear Solomon will you receive the greater than Solomon, Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.